The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Good day, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of Boomer Generation Radio. This is your host, Richard Address, coming to you from the beautiful Sun Splash Studios of WWDB AM 860 here in Greater Philadelphia. And we're streaming live on WWDBAM.com. You can reach the show on Boomer Generation Radio at gmail.com or like us on the Boomer Generation Facebook page. And a reminder to everyone that these shows are podcasted on our website, www.jewishsacredaging.com. They're archived, so you can always reach back and listen. We will be back with our first segment guests, Diana Cox and Neil Barrison, right after this message from our friends at Kendall. Hi, this is Kendall resident Harry Hammond. This portion of Boomer Generation Radio was brought to you by Kendall, a system of not-for-profit communities and services in eight states that advocates for and empowers older adults to reach their full potential. Please join us in together transforming the experience of aging. To learn more about Kendall, that's K-E-N-D-A-L, visit discoverkendall.org or call toll-free 888-759-0128. So welcome to our first segment here on today's edition of Boomer Generation Radio. We are joined uh, electronically, I hope, with, uh, by Diana Cox, the new executive director of Vitalize 360, which is a program of Kendall and the Hebrew Senior Life up in Boston, and Neil Barrison, uh, who is in studio, the national program manager. Diana, are you there? Hello. Good morning, Richard. Ah, there you are. We're just <laughs> that little delay. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. Just, just speak up a little bit. It's that, um, okay. it's that distance between New Hampshire. You're from, you're calling in from New Hampshire, right? I am calling from New Hampshire. Ah, uh, there, there you okay. are. There you are. There you are. That it's, okay. must Very have good. been the over I-95. You got lost there for a second. <laughs> well, anyway, okay. welcome, welcome to the show. Neil is sitting here. Uh, papers displayed. We're ready to go. Talk to us a little bit about this Vitalize 360. Um, a while ago. Um, some people were, were mentioning this came on the show and, um, this is up and running now. And from, could one of you just tell me what this Vitalize 360 is? Cause it sounds almost like a vitamin, but it's, it's not, it's a, it's a system. It's a, it's a holistic approach to really from what I'm gathering, coaching, life coaching, healthy aging. What is this? Yes. Yes. So I'd be happy to. So Vitalize 360 is a very exciting program, and it is based on coaching elders to live their best life, and that is done through goal-directed work on the part of the coach. So, Go ahead. No, 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 what does that mean? So what that means is in a community, and that can be in a continuing care retirement community, it can be in a community of elders living at home. It can be in public housing. So there's a variety of settings that Vitalize 360 can be used within. So you have a person, which is a trained coach, that works individually with a resident that uh, starts with a very powerful conversation, getting to know that resident, getting to know their life's challenges, their wishes, their wants for the future, and through power, powerful conversation 
and engaging that resident, you begin to talk to them about how they wish to live their best life going forward. So then that coach reaches back to the resident, begins to um, assist that resident in identifying life goals, which they wish to accomplish over the next year period of time, and then at defined segments, usually about every three months or more often as necessary, that coach will touch base with that resident, really inquire and uh, see how they're doing with their goal, help them in any way they can. And the backbone of this, uh, in in addition to the coach, is an interdisciplinary team that also works with that resident to um, meet their goals. So, Neil, this is... Is this limited to someone living in a facility? Absolutely not, Richard. It's as Diana mentioned. This is for people also who may live out in beyond the walls of a community, meaning a, a, a continuing care retirement community. So, for instance, we have organizations like Friends Life Care at Home, mm-hmm. and Friends Life Care at Home, as some of you may know out there, is a program for older adults, usually fifty-five and over, and they're living in their own homes outside. The confines of a independent, independently, independently, yes. And so this coach then, Vitalize 360 as an entity hires coaches, or are these coaches employed by the facilities? Second, the they're second employed. Place. Yeah, they're, they're employed by the facility. So yeah. who who screens, vets them? That you know, yeah. does the facility train them, vet them? And then, yes, okay. yes. So the the the, um, the individual who would be overseeing the Vitalized 360 program in that particular community, again, whether it's a continuing care retirement, public housing, uh, continuing care at home, they would be recruiting, vetting that person who would then become the coach for that population. Okay, so I'm I'm going to be a coach and I've been hired by the ABC facility. Yep. They the ABC facility contracts with Vitalize 360 to to bring this program to my facility. Correct. And then yep. I'm assigned or our, or or people in the facility sign up because they want to in, get involved with this, okay? Well, you know, yeah, first of all, Richard, I just want to take you back a little bit. Um, As a community is interested in um, contracting, if you will, uh, with Vitalize 360, Neil and I do a lot of prep work before uh, that community comes online in using the program. We want to make sure of their intention. We want to make sure we call it readiness work. We want to know... um, who is in the positions of um, leadership. We want to know what their goals are. We want to know uh, if they have, uh, if their plan is to have some dedicated coach time to ensure the success of the program. So we do this through a number of conference calls before someone even comes on board to um, engage in that program. Okay, so, if, but, but and Neil and I were talking that if I don't live in ABC, uh, older adult community, and I'm living uh-huh. in my place independently. Okay, uh-huh. but I hear about this, and I want to take advantage of this coaching, life coaching, uh, elder coaching program. Mm-hmm. How, uh, do I then purchase Vitalize 360? And if so, 
uh, is that covered by insurance or is this private pay? Neil? So, yeah. So if I'm a community or if I'm Friends Life Care, if I'm even a um, a nonprofit community-based agency, and there is one that's part of this program, you're – you're coming into this program with, for an, at an annual fee, mm-hmm. and the people that you coach, and is all that is all sort of your dollars, and it's there's no insurance kick-ins or anything like that. So it's the agency is supporting the Vitalized program and supporting their clients through that program, and but, they see it as a, as a value added. Okay, but if I'm again I'm living independently, and I want to participate this. There's no insurance coverage. It's private. I, have to, I pay for this. No. In other no. words, if you're part of Friends Life Care, if you're if you're part of a larger organ, you're still part of a larger organization. You may not be living on their campus. You're living out oh. of your own home, not on a campus. That large organization's Friends Life Care has paid for it. So the person who's not part of yeah. any organization and not member of any community, but just hears about this from their uncle or their friend, and says, "Gee, I really would like to do this," they're not. Eligible for this? No, and we've had some inquiries on that. Okay, I, I just—that's so why yes. I made because that was I was a little unsure of. Now, the the we in the some of the background that you you mentioned this some of this is web based. What is that? We're referring when we say web based, Richard. Mm-hmm. All of our assessments and all of the process tools are all in a software system mm-hmm. that was developed with a partner. The name of that organization is the Center for Information Management, and they're based in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So when we say web-based, it means that when a coach needs to record a contact, for instance, needs to put in information about a person, what happened during a meeting with a, with an individual, they'll go into that web. All it simply means is they put a username and a password they're in, and now they're going into the record of that person. All right. So this is the the coach uses this as a tool to, okay, I, I got that. You you in in some of the background literature you 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 write a, a very interesting a very interesting line that I that I wanted to to talk ask you both to to sort of like comment on. It says this Vitalize 360, which is the name of the the name of the program. Um, it helps the community make a critical shift from what's the matter to what matters most, which is a great line. So walk right. me through, what, it, what does that mean? Yeah, so in the typical um, medical model of care, you know, the provider is um, has been taught, and it's the paradigm that we've lived with for, you know, 100 years of seeing a patient or a resident or an elder and really talking to them about what's the matter with them. And you're kind of talking at them and they're responding. Instead of shifting the paradigm and asking them what matters most in their lives, I like to say that we all have a diagnosis of one thing or another. And in the modern day of medicine, most of that, the majority of that can be managed, you know, through medications, et cetera, changes in lifestyle. So put that off the table, but put on the table, which is the centerpiece, to that elder, what matters most in your life at this point in your life? What do you still feel you have left to do, you want to do? What challenges have you had in the past that you want to revisit and repair? It can be a whole host of uh, issues or, as we say, goals to pursue life to the fullest. 
and it's it's amazing uh, the work that's been done and what's come out of this in terms of people really feeling engaged and really having kind of a new lease on life. You hear that a lot, but it, uh, we feel that that's it's very important, and that's that's some of the work we've been able to do. Richard, we love the ter- these terms, mm-hmm. and we didn't coin them. Uh, they came from uh, two places, and they've been out there. The Institute for Healthcare Improvement, as well as Atul Gawande wrote the book recently, right. Being Immortal, oh, right. talks all about yeah. this, which is how does medicine get past just fixing people or trying to stop keeping right. people from Right, that's dying. why I wanted to ask you, because this is really part of his restructuring of, of you know, the, 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 issue, the questions that a person should be asking as they age of a positive nature, not a negative nature. Which really does change the whole approach, doesn't it? I mean, you're, you're, it you're does. yeah. And I think with that a conscious decision, and when you created this program to, to shift the shift the modality of the culture from the negative to, um, for one of a better term, a positive approach. It was foundational for yeah. Vitalize. It was absolutely foundational. In fact, I think we were starting to do this work, and then we saw this this concept out there. We said, "That's exactly who we are. Right. Let's use it." Yeah. Yeah. We're speaking with Diana Cox, the executive director of Vitalize 360, and Neil Barrison, the national program manager. We'll be back with them on today's first first segment here on Boomer Generation Radio, right after this message from our friends down the street at Kendall. Hi, this is Kendall's staff member, Sheila Sylvester. This portion of Boomer Generation Radio was brought to you by Kendall, a system of not-for-profit communities and services in eight states that advocates for and empowers older adults to reach their full potential. Please join us in Together Transforming the Experience of Aging. To learn more about Kendall, that's K-E-N-D-A-L, visit discoverkendall.org or call toll-free 888-759-0128. Welcome back to our first segment here on Boomer Generation Radio, WWDB AM 860 here in Greater Philadelphia, streaming live on WWDBAM.com. We're speaking with Diana Cox, the Executive Director of Vitalize 360, and uh, Neil Barrison, the National Program Manager for Vitalize 360, a very, very interesting, um, let's use the term holistic approach to coaching and assessment and managing a person's health uh, as they age, uh, focusing predominantly on facilities, continuing care facilities, other facilities, uh, with coaches uh, who work with an individual. And um, talk to walk me a little bit, Neil, about what 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 this coach. If, I, if I'm if I'm part of this, this coach is going to come to me. Can you just give me an understanding based upon some of your experience of? some of the dialogue that takes place? Sure, Richard. I mean, often the conversation will take place in someone's home. Mm-hmm. It's a great place for a coach to be to learn about a person. Walking through a, an apartment, you see how someone's walking, you see what they point to. You see, there's a lot you can learn in even five minutes of a tour of someone's small apartment, for instance. But the first conversation is really a get-to-know-you conversation. It's really open-ended. It's usually an hour doesn't it doesn't have to be held to an hour, but it's usually we we look at an hour, and it's really about learning about who the person is, where they grew up, where does family fit in this picture, what's important to them, what did they do, hobby wise, professionally, doesn't matter, but what what was what 
push them? What were some themes in their life? And we call these life review and threads. Mm-hmm. That information is back in the office entered into the software system. There's also, um, so that first one again is a get to know you. The second meeting, and there's a second meeting actually, and where, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, at the end of that first meeting, that client, member, resident, whatever you call them, is also handed a piece of paper, and there's an exercise there called a vision and reflection worksheet. And the person works through that with some help by the coach uh, in explaining how to do it, but off, sometimes that will also happen when they come together a second time where they say, you know, how did you do on it? Did you miss some areas? Did you understand them? It's a very simple sheet, and it helps the coach really get to know some values, some challenges, some strengths, some accomplishments, very clearly laid out on paper, again, entered into software back in the office. And at the end of that second, towards the end of that second interview appointment, someone develops a vitality plan. This is the crucial element. And that includes a life goal, supporting goals, and action steps. What do you want to do in the next three to six, nine months that's most important to you? Embedded in your life, not necessarily a fitness goal or a social goal, mm-hmm. but something larger. So, for instance, someone might say, I'd like to really go back to my memoir that I was writing. I, had, I mm. haven't done it in five to ten years. I want to get to a wedding in California. And often that life goal, the supporting goals are very clear what they are. How can you be strong enough to get to that wedding if you have some ch- physical challenges? So that's the framework that we're working from. And I haven't talked about the team. Diana mentioned it. I'm going to leave that out for now. But there's a team component in this as well. Well, th- this also sounds somewhat spiritual. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're not talking about, yeah. okay, you're going to go from 13 sit-ups to 100 sit-ups. Yeah. This is really more of um, a much more spiritual other directed uh, plane, uh, if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, and and Diana, if I'm I'm my coach comes, how often can I contact my coach? So this is an ongoing relationship, Richard. So this is the initial uh, conversation, getting to know the resident. Then that second meeting is setting up life goals. Beyond that. It's a relationship that develops between that resident and the coach. And as I mentioned, the checking in with that resident, we say uh, at the very least quarterly, but we find that coaches are checking in with residents. And it can be very uh, informal. It can be in the hallway, in the cafe, having, having coffee with a resident a phone call, uh, taking maybe even a resident. We've had uh, coaches taking residents to appointments. So it can be a variety of ways of that check-in, but it's really that relationship building that's so, so important. Right. I, obviously, that is the key. To, uh, from what I'm hearing you, that's one of the keys to the success of the whole program, this, it is. this mm-hmm. personal relationship that develops. So, mm-hmm. so Neil, you mentioned the t- this, this team. So there's a coach. I get a coach. And my data is entered into this database, but now you say there's a supportive team that surrounds me. Mm-hmm. What, what is that? So especially in a retirement community where there's often multidisciplines working there, social work, right, physical therapy, occupational therapy, uh, even housekeeping, even rabbinic clergy, 
they come together when we this is part of the framework they come together and talk to the coach about this person that the coach is meeting with any of the people they're meeting with and this group meets weekly often for half hour or an hour and they talk about the residents interview the meeting hmm. and they talk about the things that that coach learned and then each of them begins to think and problem solve together around how can we support this person's life goal is there a way? Do I have a role in supporting this person's life goal? So when this is working on all cylinders, you've got a team backing up that coach and that member, that resident, in this beautiful way in helping them achieve what they want to achieve. So as a person ages out, and some of these goals may change. Uh, there could be some physical disabilities as well. And this coach is also mm-hmm. there to support those changes, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, Correct. The, the 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 there's a mental health co- component to this, um, unless I'm really missing something here, and um, because the mental health component seems to be extremely important as people age uh, to avoid isolation, depression, stuff that we're now learning can be very destructive and self-destructive to a human being, especially if they're living alone and. So this coaching mechanism, this I would assume that, as, as, as Neil says, if it's working on all cylinders, this approach will help support the, the psychosocial component of a human being as they get a little older. Is that one of the intended consequences? That's so- exactly right, Richard. In fact, we found in the community that I was working, Kendall at Hanover, we, we found through uh, much of our vitalized work, that there was a lot of uh, isolation, loss, um, you know, some uh, aspects of depression um, in some of our population. And out of that, we were able to develop a role of a community care coordinator. So we haven't even touched on the fact that, you know, the Vitalize program is powerful for the individual that the coach is working with, but through this interdisciplinary team, some greater outcomes come out in the fact that when um, a group of residents are looking like there are some unmet needs, a community can develop programs around that. We find in some communities we have very, very active people physically. So we've uh, seen communities add a lot more in terms of fitness and wellness programs about getting physically fit. We see uh, the inclusion of more around good uh, eating and nutrition, so there's more programs around that. So the, the, the overall vitalized program can really lead you into better program development, which is what we all want to do in terms of uh, really meeting the quality of life of our residents. So I want to add to what Diana said, and I was going the same way. This outcome piece mm-hmm. about people's psychosocial, how do we improve people's health, this is about communities too, right. hugely. What we're hoping is to see with this program, and we've seen it in some small ways already, is that communities, their outcomes, they can improve their outcomes through this program. So if they've got sort of these this, these assessments building up one after another after another, and they're able to look at that data, Richard, they're able to say, you know what, we know what we need to do now based on that data to improve healthy aging here. Let's see if we can. And they start to 
develop programs, as Diana said, and then they can actually go back and see, are we improving healthy aging? In what areas are we? Are we not? Where, what areas do we need to work on? And they can compare themselves and contrast themselves to all the other communities that are doing vitalized work. What's the greatest challenge for this program? What's the greatest obstacle that you're facing? I think the greatest challenge, to be very honest with you, is really getting the uh, in the various communities, and it, it's different in each community, I will say that, but, you know, the commitment for that coach to have that time to spend with the resident to really have that program realized, and that's a work in progress for us as we go forward. And I would add to that and say my on my list of three, one of them would be turnover. We've trained staff. We have coaches. Mm-hmm. We have the team in place. And we lose some key player or two in that program. And we've got to go back and retrain and help them understand the philosophy. And that person may have been the one who discovered Vitalize that this is exactly what we need. And we lose that person. Mm-hmm. We sort of lose that cheerleader. That's hard for us. Yeah, we have about two minutes left in this segment. Where, where do you get your coaches from? Uh, the coaches are coming from the communities. So in other words, these coaches, mm-hmm. remember, Richard, are employees of these organizations. So you don't hire No, we do not. Out. They they usually either hire someone new into this position or take someone in a position and say, we want you to be the vitalized coach now. We're going to give you this time to do this work. Uh-huh. Okay. So – uh, give me real quick one of the a scenario, a success story that something that happened with a, a, a resident, a person that you knew that this program clicked. Do you have one from uh, Hanover, Diana? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. we have one in that um, we have this one particular resident who was uh, very interested, uh, is interested, a real art appreciator, and she had a young woman from Russia. Uh, in a few um, a few years back, do some painting for her, and the paintings have now um, you know really gained in popularity. The Russian woman, young Ru- Russian woman, went back to her country, and um, the resident has been able to give these paintings off in in return for some monies, and has in turn given much of those monies to that young person back in Russia, so she could. Uh, go to art school, which we thought was an amazing story. And, we, the, and the resident got so much from her heart out of it. I mean, it was just a really good story, and, and that was a goal for her. So if somebody wants to get some more information right now about this, and, and I know it's it, it, it's been in, in, in reality for how long? It's, it's a fairly new program, correct? Vitalize is about four years old now. If Four some, years old, right. If somebody wants to get some information, how, how do they do that? The best way to do it is probably just to go to Vitalize360, the numbers, right. dot org. Okay. And mm-hmm. that'll take them to a page where um, they'll be able to reach out to us and contact us there. Cool. We've been speaking with Diana Cox, the executive director of uh, Vitalize360, and uh, Neil Barrison, the national program manager. It's a very interesting, exciting program. Um, I wish you well. This is uh, this is interesting to, to this holistic approach, and um, I think you're right on the crest of something. And I wish you well, continued mm. success. So thank you for joining us here on Boomer Generation Radio today. And uh, you take care. Have a have a good week. Take care of yourself. Thank have you, a good Richard. summer. Thank have you a very much, Richard. Summer. Yeah. Thank if, you, Neil. Thank okay. Bye bye now. Take bye. care, everyone. Thank you. Um, just a reminder. 
Before we move into our musical bridge and move into our second segment, a reminder of a friend, a very good friend of the show, uh, the Hecht Investment Group of Janney Montgomery Sott, which provides concierge financial consulting and planning services. Peter Hecht and his uh, group use a formal investment process as their foundation, and clients receive a written plan as well as frequent communication and rapid response to all of your questions. Uh, And as uh, all of us know that there are few needs greater than our own when it comes to personal financial planning, especially in uh, a rather volatile financial environment in which we find ourselves in at the present time. the Hecht Investment Group, uh, as we've mentioned here before, we, we spoke a lot about it last week, is conducting a whole series of workshops, in fact, one tonight, actually, at the Woodcrest Country Club, on a variety of things, such as uh, Social Security, uh, personal cybersecurity, which we'll be talking about in the next segment, uh, end-of-life issues, etc. You can contact uh, Hecht Investment Group at 856 856- Two nine one five zero two eight. That's eight five six two nine one five zero two eight, or call them toll free at eight five five two eight nine two one six eight. That's eight five five two eight nine two one six eight, and ask for John Connors. And a reminder that the Hecht Investment Group is also on Twitter, LinkedIn, and on Facebook. And Johnny Montgomery Scott is a member of the New York Stock Exchange, FINRA, and the SIPC. And as a public service announcement, we've also, for those of you in the area, in the Delaware Valley area where we're broadcasting from, um, for those of you interested in a single service in the Jewish community, uh, Temple Bethel and Cherry Hill on Evesham Road, their monthly single service is, I think, this Friday night. And you can call or Google this congregation. That's Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L, for more information. We'll be coming back with uh, Nancy Isaacs and some conversation about baby boomers and computers, something which I'm very interested to learn about being technologically challenged as I am, right after this musical bridge, a little uh, back to seventh grade, uh, if you don't mind. When sunny gets blue, her get gray and cloudy then the rain begins to fall pitter patter pitter patter love is gone so what can matter no sweet love a man comes to call when sunny gets blue she breathes a sigh Sadness like the wind that stirs the trees. Wind that sets the leaves to swaying like some violins are playing weird and haunting melodies. People used to love to hear her laugh. See her smile That's how she got her name Since that sad affair She's lost her smile Changed her style Somehow she's not the same But memories will fade And pretty dreams will rise 
Hi, this is Kendall resident Harry Hammond. This portion of Boomer Generation Radio is brought to you by Kendall. Founded on Quaker principles, Kendall provides independent living, assisted living, memory support, skilled nursing and rehabilitation care for older adults in eight states. Whether you're looking for the intellectual and cultural stimulation of a college town or a big city, Kendall has a community for you. We are together transforming the experience of aging. To learn more, visit kendall.org or call toll-free 888-759-0128. Good day and welcome back to our second segment here on today's edition of Boomer Generation Radio, coming to you at WWDV AM860 here in Greater Philadelphia. And we are streaming all over the known universe, I think, on WWDVAM.com. And we are very pleased to welcome uh, to the microphone here in studio Nancy Isaacs, a personal technology consultant and uh, the chief major operator of thecomputermaven.net. Uh, in other words, Nancy's going to tell me <laughs> all the things that I need to know as a computer phobe, as somebody who still is technologically challenged, as I say. Um, so Nancy, welcome. Thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Um, so our generation, the baby boom generation, uh, uh, who's had to learn how to work these machines, uh, as opposed to my grandchildren, who for some reason just come out of the womb already knowing how to work an iPad, I, which is something I do not understand. Um, the baby boom generation, uh, we're not – as some people may want to say, technologically novice, techno-novices. Really, in your experience, in your work as a consultant, um, our generation is really embracing technology, is it not? Yes, I would agree with that. Um, I think most boomers, almost all boomers, have been exposed uh, to technology, to computers and technology, uh, at least during the last, the second half of their working careers, um, mostly computers. Um, Many of us uh, in the last 20 years or so learned how to do word processing, email, uh, surf the Internet, and those kinds of things using a, typically a desktop computer. So uh, we're not novices. Very few baby boomers were able to get through their whole working careers without any exposure to technology. Um, and I would say in the last number of years, five to ten, uh, this same group has become comfortable with smartphones and tablets. Uh, for some, the motivation initially was to uh, 
be able to communicate with their children and grandchildren, right, texting that, yeah, and that sort right, of thing. Right. Um, but once they became adept at that, they they started to learn other skills uh, that you that you can develop on a smartphone. There, it's it's really like a one piece tool that does so many things. Um, but it's just a question of integrating that knowledge one one skill at a time. Um, when you go out, I mean, you you actually make house calls, which is I do. you know, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. What are you? I mean, what are you? As you're going out and, and doing these things, what are you finding most? Uh, what are the most type of questions the, that that or the most popular requests? You know, come fix my computer; it won't work. Or all the way, or are, you get involved actually in helping people design their own systems. Certainly, I I will consult with people who are looking to purchase a new system or. Or, or if it's a small office, uh, what to get their networking, set up their networking and that sort of thing. Uh, one of the biggest problems I see, one of the biggest requests and, and issues for people is, well, for one, there's always the, uh, my computer is infected or slow and I don't know what to do, can you come help me? Uh, another thing people ask me a lot is about, they want to know how to back up their files um, and how to protect themselves. So a third thing that I spend a lot of time with people on is syncing their contacts and calendars uh, with uh, across their various advi- devices, their smartphones, their tablets. Syncing is, is quite complicated. Um, it's supposed to be easy, but I, I've been uh, – I've witnessed many syncing disasters – yeah, not the Titanic. <laughs> not that bad, but for some people. Okay, so here's a real basic question. All right, I'm with the I'm in an airplane last week, flying through the clouds. I look out the window. I said, "Oh, that's the cloud," and I started to look for all my information, but I didn't see it. What is this cloud? And what what is it? I mean, everything says I keep getting these messages. Uh, you have to up, uh, you know, some something with your cloud, or your cloud hasn't been updated. What's a cloud? Well, the cloud, in general terms, is the idea that the your data files are not only sitting on your computer uh, or on your mobile device, but on a server somewhere up there, um, not it's, literally it's in the, the up cloud. There that just, 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 <laughs> where, where is the up there? Well, they're servers uh, wherever they happen to be, and uh, being able to access them depends upon an Internet connection, a live Internet connection. So the reason you could not access your files in the cloud when you were on the airplane is because you weren't connected to the Internet. Oh, trust me, I, I don't even bother with that on the airplane. Okay. That's a, that's a time. That in the gym is a time for total get out of there. Right, but so that's been a very hot topic, uh, and and it does make things more convenient. But again, there are syncing issues, and lately, uh, I've been advising my clients to expand their backup routines because of the threat of some some of the newer viruses we call in general malware. Uh, there's one particular kind called ransomware that's been in the news recently, and uh, hackers actually. If you click on a link or are unlucky enough to go to a website that's infected and you you activate this particular piece of malware, you'll find uh, often within minutes all of your data files become encrypted uh, and they have the names are changed to crazy characters and and you can't get to them. 
unless you pay, eventually you get a request for ransom, literally. That can be in the hundreds or thousands of dollars. Uh, and so I've been able to, so far, everybody who's contacted me with, with one of these attacks, they contacted me right away. I was able to recover their files. But um, it's it's pretty a very worrisome threat out there. So I'm advising my clients to go with uh, m more robust backup solutions that protect in the event of an attack like this. This, this uh, cybersecurity stuff is real important, isn't it? Very important. And it's getting harder and harder because the hackers are getting more and more clever. So for somebody like me who really, I'm a novice, you know, I, I do my word processing and check my email. Uh, I'm not involved with gaming. How do I make sure that my documents, that speech that I wrote five years ago that I went on a retrieve, how do I make sure that that's not compromised? Well, there are a few ways. Um, the first, as I mentioned before, is having a robust backup routine. That means both having a, a local backup that backs up your entire computer to a compressed, what's called a disk image, and in addition, having some sort of online backup, um, but not but not synced backup. The problem with synced backup, like, say, Dropbox or Google Drive, is that if you get hit with a ransomware attack and your files become encrypted, then those encrypted files sync to the cloud. So you can't just go up there and grab them. So, you so, so is there a – again, this is probably a basic question, but is there a – if I'm looking to, to back up my file so that it can't be compromised, is there a brand name? Is there – do I go to the – what do I ask for? Okay. Well, there are a couple of online backup programs that go one way and that save back versions of your files. Uh, the one I like the most recently is called iDrive. So it's iDrive.com. And it's very reasonable. It costs about – for a personal account, it costs about $50 a year for up to one terabyte of data, which is – more more than most people have, and it keeps ten previous versions of your files, so it protects you, uh, and it and it's pretty much it, it's automatic. It just backs up on its own whenever your computer is is not being used very much all the time. So mm -hmm. you, that's one of the things that I recommend. Um, in addition. I mean, of course, it, it, it's my professional responsibility to recommend that you have some sort of antivirus or security program on your computer. However, I've, I see so many infected computers and devices uh, where people had this type of software installed. They miss a lot of it. Uh, the hackers are, seem to be winning the, winning the game here. Um, Is there one or two? Th these are things you download on your computer, right? Antivirus programs. Antivirus programs. Right. Oh, that, that Norton. Like Norton and uh, AVG and programs like that. Uh, one of the problems I have with this, these kinds of software uh, is that it, it gives you a sense of false complacency because truly it's so easy to get infected even with those programs on your computer. Uh, the best, really the best defense is being vigilant. Uh, never download any attachment or click on any link unless you absolutely know it to be legitimate. Um, in, when in doubt, don't click. Um, and if you do get infected, don't try to fix it yourself. 
uh, call your IT expert, whether it's one of your children, uh, <laughs> a friend, or a professional like me. You can really make things worse by trying to fix it yourself. We're with Nancy Isaacs, a personal technology consultant and um, the operator of thecomputermaven.net. I said that right, right? Thecomputermaven.net. We'll be back with Nancy. We're going to explore some more about this, um, the cybersecurity and some of the other things that we're capable of accessing, as uh, for especially for baby boomers. We'll be doing that right after this message from our friends at Kendall. Hi, this is Kendall staff member Sheila Sylvester. This portion of Boomer Generation Radio is brought to you by Kendall. Founded on Quaker principles, Kendall provides independent living, assisted living, memory support, skilled nursing, and rehabilitation care for older adults in eight states. Whether you're looking for the intellectual and cultural stimulation of a college town or a big city, Kendall has a community for you. We are together transforming the experience of aging. To learn more, visit kendall.org or call toll-free 888 888- Welcome back to our second segment here on today's edition of Boomer Generation Radio, uh, WWDB AM 860 here in Philly, streaming live on WWDBAM.com. And we're with Nancy Isaacs, a personal technology consultant and the director of thecomputermaven.net. Is that all lowercase? Is it? It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's not case sensitive. Thecomputermaven.net. Um, so we're talking a little bit about the cybersecurity and and some of these antivirus things, and the importance of backing things up. And you've explained where the cloud is um, and what it is. The just in your experience, just I have sometimes people buy more of a machine that they actually need. I mean, they get hustled by the salesperson to, you know, you need 27 mega, giga, who's he, what's it, bytes. Um, is it important to really understand what you're really going to need the, need the computer for? Well, of course, salespeople throw out a lot of technical yeah. terms to scare, scare people. But uh, in general, in general, I would say you get what you pay for. So, uh, for example, a $500 laptop that you buy at a retail store like Best Buy is going to be made with plastic parts and have a warranty that can be as little as 90 days sometimes. Um, uh, computers marketed to businesses but available to consumers are better built and have better warranties. And Macs are also among the best, most solidly built computers available. Uh, naturally, they're more expensive. But that being said, uh, it doesn't matter how, the, how expensive the computer is, any computer can become easily infected with malware, even Macs. I have seen, been seeing lately more and more Macs that have uh, malware installed, and some of them were downright incapacitated. Do you have a PC Mac preference? I mean, or is it depending upon the person and the personal preference? Well, there are advantages and disadvantages to each. Um, so Apple computers, uh, meaning MacBooks and iMacs, are of a higher quality than most PC desktops and laptops, and they're also significantly more expensive. Uh, the advantages include a simpler interface that's consistent with iPhones and iPads, which is very good for a lot of people who don't want to have to keep learning a new interface. Uh, so that part is comforting. They also have the network of Apple retail stores where you can go for training and also to have your device fixed, which is very convenient. Um, and they're also less susceptible 
to becoming infected with malware, although, as I said, not immune. Um, but there are also some disadvantages, um, and those would include the fact that many apps, there are many more apps available for uh, PCs than there are for Macs. For most people, that doesn't matter unless there's a particular app they need to use that is for PC only. Uh, there are also some Mac programs, Mac versions of programs that are stripped down from their PC counterparts. Uh, so, for example, Quicken, which is a very popular personal finance software that you use to keep track of your checkbook, the Mac version is, all, is so much more limited than the PC version that if a person who's thinking of switching from a PC to Mac tells me that they use Quicken, I'll advise against them going with a Mac right. at all. Um, so I would say those are – and there are, there are a few things that you can't do at all on a Mac that's for some reason – uh, I've seen it happen. One one client of mine was a, is a therapist, and she, for a time, she could not log on to the portal to bill her health insurance uh, to bill the health insurance company uh, for her, you know, for her sessions. It, they simply did not support a Mac, so she had to actually go out and get a PC so she could submit her billing. That that's changing, but. It happens sporadically. Nancy, I want to, before we start running out of time, I want to just go, you, you opened the door to the app question. And, and since there's an app for everything, evidently, in, in the world in which we live, um, it seems to me that there is a growth in the number of apps available to people of our age, of our generation, to really assist us in our own aging process, from health issues to medical issues uh, to contacting emergency people um, to medications, monitoring medications, and even to, as we were talking before, um, meditation apps. Are you finding what's, – what's the future of this? Is this is really something that's really beneficial to people as they begin to age? What are you finding? Well, as you said, it's becoming more and more. There are more and more apps, and they're becoming more functional and useful. Uh, there's a wide range of, of apps, and not just in the health and fitness and taking care, but just in general for people who uh, are getting older to s stay connected with family and friends and uh, read, stay informed, that sort of thing. But on the subject of health and fitness, uh, there are among the most popular apps uh, are what's called uh, they're, they're designed to keep your mind sharp. So there's one called Lumosity, which is sort of daily, and, and there's another one called Elevate. They're daily puzzles, games. Uh, they, they train your brain. They, they sort of help you stay sharp. So that's very popular among the uh, boomer set. Um, there are also apps to, uh, that track your blood pressure, uh, calories, workouts, as you said, uh, meditation. Some of the meditation apps will even uh, provide you with uh, reminders. Uh, they, they have guided meditations. Uh, some of them, more and more apps are starting to charge, charge subscription fees, though, so the, the prices can add up. Um, there's one very popular mindfulness app called Headspace. Headspace? Headspace. And it's free to download, but 
you get a 10-day free trial, and then if you want to stay on it, it costs as much as... <laughs> so in other words, you, can, you download the app for free, but if you want to meditate, it's going to cost you money. After the 10 days, right. <laughs> like, so much for meditation. Right. You can meditate on your bank book. That's well, <laughs> true. And this one is expensive. It's $8 a month if you pay annually. So, it, it, I mean, that's one of the more expensive apps I've seen in any category. Wow. Um, okay. You can meditate for free, though, the last time I heard. There are some free apps, too, but that, yeah. that one gets a lot of really high reviews, for example. Um, there are apps that help you manage your medications, uh, that t- give you pill reminders, um, that track your blood pressure, provide uh, exercise workouts, that sort of thing, tailored to your needs. Um, just about anything you can think of, there's an app for that. <laughs> Wow. Um, I also saw one if, on, I think, it's on this iPhone. I mean, I have an iPhone, but that, well, you can actually, and maybe there's other ones if you know them, um, you can enter your advanced directive, uh, healthcare proxy, all your, in, in case, God forbid, something happens and you're incapacitated, it, the EMS person can actually go in there and find find all this information. Is that that's correct? I'm sure it is. I, I'm, I actually have heard about a couple, but I couldn't name them. It's a great idea. Uh, it's important if you do have something like that, that people, people you love know to look for it. Um, it's also always a good policy to print one out and put it in the hands of, oh, of your loved ones. Uh, ab- absolutely. Uh, and have it on file with the hospital that or, or the the group that you um, go to regularly, but I, it's a good. It, it's one of the many things you can keep track of. Let me ask you a question as we as we wind down because we only have a couple of minutes left in, in this segment. Um, people sometimes, you know, say, "Well, the computers uh, will will take away uh, one's uh, personal community." Uh, but I've also started to read recently, especially for people as as we get older, mm-hmm. that in truth. Computers can be a mechanism for personal freedom because they uh, will allow a person, no matter where they are, to reach out to the world, to engage people all over the world, and to actually build some sort of community. Uh, and they're lib- and and thus, instead of being uh, people, machines or techni- techniques that close people off, for people who get older and maybe who are isolated or shut in, they can actually be a liberating. Uh, modality. Do you see that? Absolutely. Uh, for people getting older or who, who sometimes for disabled people who haven't been able to get out, uh, they find that when they can communicate online, they can be their true selves uh, and they can connect with people all over the world who have similar interests um, or even uh, be connected with a wider group of family and friends, perhaps through Facebook and that that sort of app. Uh, there's There's... Skype and other similar apps that enable you to uh, communicate with people sort of face-to-face but online. Um, and so, yes, absolutely. I think it, it is a tool for freedom, and it, and it, it keeps people's world lo- – it, it prevents people's world from getting too small. Um, if they're reasonably adept with technology, uh, they can – they have so many things they can do to stay connected, not just with other people, but keep their minds sharp – uh, stay well informed. There, it 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 opens up a world of possibilities, really. Uh, likewise, the the use of the computer and technology has been a boon, from what I'm hearing from the, dis- the community of disabled 
Most definitely. Um, yeah, they, I think some disabled, some people in the disabled community were among the earliest uh, adapters of technology because they found it was a, their window to the world and to develop relationships that they were not necessarily to develop, able to develop themselves face to face. We have one minute left. Give me the, the based upon your experience as the head of uh, the computer maven.net, what's the one or two pieces of information to be computer savvy for baby boomers? Well, I would say the biggest thing is to not be afraid to try things out, to be open-minded. Um, the computer's not going to bite you. It's not going to break. Uh, and and to just try to have fun with it and and don't be afraid to reach out. Uh, if you need help, you can give me a call. And how do we do that? Give me give me the contact number, thecomputermaven.net. Right, and I also have a Facebook page where I post helpful tips, um, and that would be facebook.com slash thecomputermaven. Okay, so Facebook on The Computer Maven on Facebook and thecomputermaven.net. In other words, make friends with those little people inside that machine because they really are friendly, right? Yes. Nancy Isaacs, personal technology consultant and director and major boss of thecomputermaven.net. Thank you very much. Lots of good information, um, especially about that um, security stuff that's very important and the backup stuff. Nancy, thank you very much for being with us. To all of you, thank you for joining us on another edition of Boomer Generation Radio. See you next week. Stay safe, everybody.